Hello and welcome to episode number 327 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I am your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Very good, very good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad at all. We are back for our last regular show of the year. Crazy. Um, yeah, year, man. I know. We'll we'll obviously be discussing our best ofs in the coming weeks. Um, we're gonna be taking a sort of a little detour next week while we uh, collect our thoughts and try and figure out our favorite movies of the year and uh, talk about a little bit of Craven, um, which will be very nice indeed because we've been waiting on this one for a while. Um, good one yeah very nice one so um we'll be discussing that uh shortly and then yeah kind of i guess if you want to get involved in our best of special um i would say the 19th of december is probably the cutoff for that one so yeah as always if you want to just send us you know what your favorite film is some of your favorites just anything you've enjoyed in horror in the last 12 months um because as always we have our top 10 we have our eight individual awards as well um and yeah plenty of good shit to talk about especially these last couple of months as uh there's been a lot of good stuff indeed um it's, it's by far been the most solid end of a year we've ever had mm. we'll obviously talk about the year in whole but like just the last couple of months have been crazy it's kept kept the list wide open yeah well we talked about it where like it's the best Halloween period there's ever been because it's, it's kept us till now. <laughs> and now we've got a Christmas movie to talk about shortly. Um, but yeah, uh, a little bit of news first. This first one's pretty massive and uh, I didn't see it coming. Um, and yeah, it's our, it's a boy, Mike Flanagan. Um, this comes courtesy of deadline and exclusive. Um, so Mike Flanagan and Trevor Macy, who head up the intrepid pictures company have signed an exclusive multi-year overall series deal with Amazon. Um, this will see their, their kind of series going forward, exclusively stream on prime video. Um, and then yeah, it kind of goes on to say in the article that this is um, moving to Amazon, obviously, as their overall deal with Netflix has come to an end, um, which is surprising to me because, yeah, I didn't know that this was a thing. Um, and clearly, like, they kind of went to the highest bidder, really. Um, that's pretty much it. Obviously, Intrepid sort of most notable things, obviously, Haunted of Hill House in 2018, Bly Manor in 2020 midnight mass in 2021 and of course the midnight club uh that only just now um was added to netflix um what is interesting is this that won't be the last of flanagan on netflix because of course well, for so next year, that, you know <laughs> even when his next deal is announced he's still got other things in the pipeline exactly because we still have the fall of the house of usher um which as of right now is just scheduled for next year so I'm assuming that's going to be relatively early next year. Um, but yeah, it is an interesting one. I think kind of just to chuck all this news together, off the back of this, Netflix announced that they had cancelled The Midnight Club. So they, they're obviously not going to make any more, which I think is, you know, unsurprising to say the least. Yeah. Um, but for fans of the show, and I don't know if you include yourself in that category. Um, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Flanagan basically promised that if they were to not continue it, he would just talk about everything and explain exactly what was going to happen. And that's exactly what he's done. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if, if people want to check that out, he, he wrote a, apparently a Tumblr post, which uh, I didn't even know Tumblr was still a thing. No, um, I was going to say, wow. Didn't he, why didn't he just <laughs> like, 
<laughs> put it on his MySpace. I know, like he just couldn't find his login to MySpace, so he's like Tumblr yeah. will have to do. But um, he's had work with Rob Zombie. Yeah, I I didn't know that there was so much unanswered basically because apparently this thing Me is neither. super <laughs> yeah, this thing is super in depth uh, he answered many burning questions including the mystery of the mirror man and the cataract woman um fans get also an explanation about who exactly dr stanton is and what her arc would have been in season two what is the shadow and is it death that's answered too um that that may, may as well have been latin to me um as someone who has seen the show does that make any sense to you um, I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> Were I they know, things like, that you cared about finding out? No, nah, no. I mean, there, there were unanswered things, but I mean, you know, we I spoke about the show, how I found it, you know, pretty dissatisfying. And yeah, there were a lot of unanswered things, but to be honest, I didn't really care. Um, you know, it got to a point where it just, it weren't it weren't asking the questions it was just not really explaining stuff you know it just wasn't well constructed in my opinion and kind of you know it where it ultimately got to it ended and i was like okay cool like i don't really need more of this like if that's if that's the way it ends fine <laughs> mm. yeah so yeah this is a weird one um i, I am kind of glad now that i'd never watched the midnight club because it, it never grabbed me anyway um obviously why i hadn't seen it and it was purely just that mike flanagan completionist in me that made me want to see it yeah. um similar with the marvel completionist and i really want to stop doing this because you can just yeah, waste so much time um and so yeah but as far as the overall like the main lead story which is obviously the flanagan projects now going to amazon um i think it's interesting i don't think it, hopefully it won't change much i think from a mm. you know consumer and fan standpoint you know we watch stuff on both platforms anyway you know we're big fans of lord of the rings on amazon and and obviously plenty of netflix shows so i mm. think as far as that goes it shouldn't change anything we just hope that it will be as good as his best shows and obviously it means that he'll get a massive budget i don't think that was ever really a doubt with netflix anyway um so no, again, no, me, no you talk think... about amazon budget i mean look at lord of the rings yeah but to, but to me i hope that nothing changes here and i just think that yeah hopefully um he's got a bigger bag that he deserves and we'll continue to get good shit from flanagan going forward just make a movie please um is all i want at this point um but yeah have you got anything else to add about him sort of moving away from i mean he has really been one of the flagship people for netflix since we've been doing the show obviously yeah. along with like stranger things and black mirror i would say then flanagan is like that you know they are the big temples of netflix and so it is a massive miss for them i do think Definitely. but yeah it's, do you think it changes them, much no it's one of them things where for me as a consumer that has both of those streaming platforms i'm i don't care like i'm happy to have more flanagan and well done amazon for for getting him you know and and it's a big loss for netflix but yeah you know like i said and and to be honest you know it, it could easily get to a point where flanagan is definitely one of the main reasons why i kept a netflix subscription mm. you know and i'm like post stranger things now i'm like what why have i got that subscription i mean why do i pay for it monthly waiting for years for stranger things i mean that's my own problem but yeah you know, suddenly then, yeah, you, you look at it and you think, well, yeah, I mean, that is a huge, you know, horror guy that's put great horror that there isn't on Netflix, you know, with Shudder acquiring a lot of the horror IP like that and Flanagan going over to Amazon. It, it, it does make them light, you know, and um, 
you know, my hope is that they fight back and that they acquire, you know, someone new and exciting that could, uh, you know, um, come up with the onions and kind of fill in the gap for, for, for Netflix because, yeah, I just want awesome, uh, you know, a ton of awesome horror out there. So, yeah, that's my hope. Yeah, they definitely need to, like you say, because, you know, with these, he was such a huge part. And even with his off years or his slower years that weren't his sort of main projects, he was, he, we joked about it, but he is so consistent with putting out content. And that is the entire Netflix model. Mm. And so he was like a match made in heaven for them where he can put out 10, 10 out of 10s. And then on an off year, he can put out a 7 out of 10. And that's kind of good enough for Netflix. Um, and then, like what you said, with, Stranger Things, we know now has an ending, with Black Mirror seemingly coming back, but obviously it's been gone for so long. It really does start to look more barren as to why you should continue to have a Netflix subscription. And I think they do need to do stuff like what they did with Cabinet of Curiosities, because that was probably the first sort of new TV show that's massively landed with me on Netflix in a very long time. Very good point, Um, that show. I completely forgot about that show when I was talking. Obviously, that is a huge kind of win for them and, and one that you know you'd like to think they'd keep on the platform yeah and they need that though because like i say the all their other stuff is long running established stuff um so yeah they haven't really come up with like here's the new thing that we're you know massively into other than that which was great um but yeah very very interesting indeed um next up this is just a small update um on a on a blu-ray slash 4k release that's upcoming we kind of talked about this a while ago and it's gone cold pretty much for this year because i think we we, yeah we definitely thought we were getting this in 2022 um but it's the george a romero's martin Mm. um from second sight obviously they did the amazing dawn of the dead uh release um and this was kind of like a very i think special one to get because it's a very kind of underground rare film um that just doesn't have any good versions and so knowing that they're kind of doing their treatment i think you know obviously them and arrow video just brings just such a certain level of quality that is unrivaled um and now we know that it's coming february 27th next year um i i'm really interested in this one I, i have a suspicion i will pick it up um i've only seen martin once about 12 years ago um and i remember liking it didn't love it but i was like oh this is a really cool interesting movie it's certainly for romero doing this in the sort of mid to late 70s in the middle of his mm. sort of crazy big films this kind of like weird take on vampires um and i'm pretty sure when i watched it it was on video so it was you know terrible quality i remember, so you, I also, I remember you enjoyed it yeah it's a fun movie like i remember recommending it to you but it was kind of very hard to to get hold of um and so this is definitely the way to go and i also just think i'm so intrigued to see what this looks like in 4k as well so i i imagine there's enough um interest for me that i probably will get this one um are you interested in uh, checking out martin for the first time i am definitely yeah you know never seen the movie and um i because it because it was hard to get for the longest mm. time wasn't it i remember like you watched yeah w- yeah what did you watch it on video or was it like did, yeah. yeah like and um i remember i brought a dvd and it turned out to be region locked and at that point my kind of region free blue uh, dvd player was like just in storage and and yeah so i i have it on dvd 
but I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would like to, I'm just like, at this point I've already, I remember that it wasn't cheap either. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I kind of feel like, can I trade in my region, <laughs> region one DVD and pay a little bit more to, to do the second site, do a trade in service? <laughs> I doubt it. Okay. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm still interested. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really curious and I'm glad this is kind of getting a big release. And yeah, I definitely want to see more stuff from Second Sight because I think having this this market with these competing companies is great for everyone. Um, Arrow have been great for a very long time, but we don't ever just want sort of one dominant market leader. Um, that's never good for, for, for us, the consumer, um, because then, yeah, they, they just have no sort of will and reason to go above and beyond in their releases, which they have done in the past. And they, they obviously come and go arrow in terms of, their consistency because it is obviously based upon what licenses they can get at a certain time um and it, and it has if it, it's felt slower recently because of the fact that they're going back and re-releasing a lot of um movies in 4k which i think needs to be done and is a good thing to do it's just not as exciting um though i do definitely want hellraiser on 4k that is the <laughs> one that i've been waiting for from arrow um, yeah it's it's kind of wild with that you know how they kind of have the scarlet box and then they did another version mm. of it like it seemed like you know that, that it was inevitable that we were going to get the 4k of at least the first movie yeah um definitely. yeah and especially when they've been pumping out so many others mm. so yeah oh this is good stuff and then yeah just finally we we won't talk about it for too long because we have to stop ourselves um, no, i don't know whether that's possible bro <laughs> But yeah, there was the the sort of second proper trailer for The Last of Us just dropped in the last week. And I mean, I don't even know what to say at this point other than every second I see of the show gets me more and more excited. And I still I'm, I'm waiting for at least just one fuck up at this point, because like it's every single choice and decision and look of this is perfect. And it can't be perfect because there's really many things that are perfect. And so I'm like, what is going to be the thing that doesn't land with me? Because so far, mm -hmm. casting, visually, sound, everything that, they're, that they've shown us, I'm like, this is 100% what I wanted from this version of The Last of Us on HBO. Um and yeah, it's getting close. Obviously, early Jan. Um, it's I think it's between nine or ten episodes. I've seen conflicted reports, but we know we're getting a lot. Um, this, this was part of um, I believe it is Comic Con in Brazil when they released this new trailer, and um, I think they did. He was quoted as saying that this is the full first game in the TV series, um, which I also find to be very interesting indeed. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, how how hyped do you for this for this TV show? Because this just looks absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, I think like like the most hyped I've ever been for a TV show on the podcast is the a new season of uh, Stranger Things. Like you know, the the most recent season or whatever, and like th this exceeds that. Like in terms of excitement, where I'm just like. Yeah, it's it's one of my, if not my favorite video game of all time. It's one of my favorite horror stories that's been told, period, across the medium. And, and seeing it look like it's being told correctly in a way that then can not only kind of give the story that we love, but fill in these gaps. And in this trailer, you know, uh, I saw everything I saw that felt like it was from the game to, to, to the little things like Ellie 
climbing over like bits of wood between rooftops and the little glass kind of um, panels from a museum exhibit where they were kind of in there searching around the creepers. Like all of that stuff feels like great. Like these tiny little moments in the video game are going to be there. But then we have these scenes that are clearly outside of the video game as well. Um, Yeah. Filling in blanks in the story. And yeah, I just could not be more excited. Like I just cannot wait. It's one of those things where I'm like, I think like, you know, when, when we, when we're this excited for something and it's just like, what is that first scene going to be? Like, that's my biggest question now. I'm just like, where, like, what do we see? What is the first few seconds that appears on that screen? Like, I'm just so excited to see what that is. Yeah. Is, is, I can't wait. I, I'm going to be replaying the video game uh, shortly before this comes out. And uh, I mean, even this trailer where, you know, we have Take On Me in the trailer, which mm. again, we're not ever going to mention future stuff, but that, that, that plays a pivotal role in future Last of Us content. And so the fact that they're already referencing stuff so far flung in the future that that does not need to be referenced right now is is crazy um and i think yeah again this isn't a spoiler because this is only relevant if you've played the games but to see troy and ashley in this mm. trailer you know we know that they're a part of the show i'm so thankful that they are i think it they've done it so right in what they've done um and to see them in the show in kind of the roles that they're playing i'm like man this is just so good because they've done everything right troy and ashley could never have unfortunately played joel and ellie for many different reasons in a fully fleshed out version of the the game but you can't Hmm. ever overstate that those characters will always be played by you know troy and ashley fundamentally and so for them to be a part of the show is and and to kind of keep this transition as smooth as possible obviously with neil Druckmann as well like it's it's just they're just doing everything right And, and of course like it's hbo they they rarely get things wrong. Um, yeah. They mostly do things fantastically. And yeah, as I've been saying before, I think they know what they've got. Like, this is the next big hit. This this will be the next big HBO shit hit. I'm, I'm absolutely certain of it. Um, and yeah, I cannot wait to talk about it every single week. It's going to be so, so good. I think, I think I, like you said, um, I, I, you know, with, with Troy and Ashley being in it, it can't be understated how great a move that is because... Mm-hmm. If you are hardcore into the game, like seeing them is just going to give you so much joy. And if you don't know who they are, they'll be amazing. So it's not a problem. Like yeah. they'll just be characters and you'll just think, oh, okay, the character X was amazing. But for us people that love the games, it's just going to give us that happy feeling that they're in this new world and being awesome in this new world. Because, uh, yeah, I have, I have no doubts that this show is going to be fantastic and i have even less doubts that those two will be amazing in whatever roles they have in the show so yeah i couldn't be more excited yeah god i just cannot it is the one thing now that i just cannot wait for i can't even think about what's even because there's like other things i'm excited about that are coming pretty soon like the first few months as we've discussed there's a lot of stuff which is great january february and march does look like an actual busy period but i can't think about anything other than the last of us right now um but yeah cannot wait for that indeed um but yeah that is it for the news shall we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about violent night
So yeah, we we mentioned this one a very very long time ago for the first time, um, because it was the it was in your upcoming movies back in January. It was indeed, and it was the it was the movie with the furthest release date probably ever, um, aside <laughs> from obviously big delays and stuff. Well, well uh, yeah, uh, the furthest non bullshit release date. That that's what I would caveat. <laughs> yeah, not like a franchise when they date like Saw five years away yeah. and all bullshit like but like it's a weird new thing obviously um yeah. and obviously it made sense for them to date it when they did because it, it's a christmas film um but yeah we always had this on the horizon we just knew like oh yeah david harbour in this christmas movie that'll be funny um and obviously this was before seeing his fantastic return and performance in stranger things um which i think got us even more excited just to see more david harbour which is always welcome. Um, and then, yeah, it's out now. We, we've seen it, haven't we? We have indeed. We have indeed. Crazy. So, yeah, what's this, what's this movie about? Well, you know, just like uh, David Harbour being like a fucked off Father Christmas. What more mm. do you need? Exactly. Um, yeah, basically, um, yeah, David Harbour plays Santa Claus. Like, I think kind of... I think it was fairly clear from the trailer and all of the talk about it. But when you kind of think and you first see the images, you're like, oh, he's playing someone dressed as Santa Claus or whatever. But no, he is Father Christmas in this movie. And he's kind of a bit a bit kind of pissed off with it and kind of stuck in the routine and kind of a bit annoyed with how ungrateful kids are and the state of the world this, these days and kind of, you know, stuck in a rut. And he's you know, delivering his presents, but having some drinks and, uh, you know, maybe vomiting on a, the odd bartender and, and, and kind of um, getting through Christmas the only way he knows how. And as he's delivering to this kind of crazy mansion full of the kind of worst type of rich people Im- imaginable, they are in the midst of a home invasion where they're being held captive for their for their riches. And uh, David Harbour, as Santa Claus, decides he's going to uh, do something about it and inject a little bit of Christmas magic into the uh, into the home invasion and try to save the day. Mm. Um, I mean, if 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 that doesn't sound like a movie you want to watch, then stop listening. Like. <laughs> <laughs> because because that, that's the movie you're gonna get trust me um yeah i mean the movie you know sounds fun as hell and i guess the biggest question mark really is you know can it can it deliver on on the horror but also that the promise of the fun really you know this 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 is aimed to be a a, a you know not a feel good but a fun you know enjoyable christmas movie with the horror sprinkled in yeah. you know does it deliver I think this movie over delivers in almost every category um, because I think fun wise, I had an absolute blast from pretty much start to end. I think there's like a tiny period in the middle that slows down a little bit where they need to kind of really hone in on some character work. But other than that, it's just entertaining throughout. It's it's funny throughout. It's action packed throughout. Um, it's constantly delivering funny lines or, or funny moments or great moments of horror or great moments of action. Um, I think across the board, I mean, especially like David Harbour in this role is perfect. It's just one of those ones where 
I feel like I've almost already seen it. Where I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is the reason why we loved David Harbour, right? Like when he played Santa mm. that one time, and it's like, no, he's only just now done that. But I'm so glad he has because I'll I'll forever have this now. And I think it it really melded all of those genres together for me perfectly. Where it it like the horror in particular, it it goes so much harder than I was expecting. I thought it would be like more action, basically, where it would just be like, oh, yeah, a punch and someone gets knocked out and then they're kind of off screen. And that's like in your mind in in these action movies, like a Mm. James Bond movie. You're like, okay, he's been eliminated now. Whereas it's like, no, every person that's in this, if they're going to get killed, they're going to show it. And and it's going to be brutal. Um, And the movie is consistent with that throughout, which I loved um and so that so they really nail the horror but then also like this is fundamentally just a proper christmas film which i also loved about it where it kind of has all these elements of like talking about christmas spirit and christmas cheer and oh why does that work like i don't know it's just christmas magic and kind of like all these conventions of so many classic christmas films um and i think it pulls from like all of the best of them and there's some obviously some very kind of overt references that we can get into to specific christmas films mm-hmm. i think there's just the general oh, tone we're gonna have of to. we're gonna have to. yeah we will but i think in terms of just the general tone i think the theme for, for christmas films always needs to be uplifting like it needs to be happy it needs to end on a high note and it needs to make you feel good about christmas and this movie does that whilst also giving you ass kicking violence like honestly again i don't want to understate it like some of the best violence we've seen all year um but also laughs a minute like just absolute Mm. laugh riot um the most i've laughed and enjoyed a movie or not from a comedy aspect of it since psycho gorman like i really just haven't it was so many good jokes that landed for me and it wasn't just david harbour i think john leguizamo as as a villain and i i he's obviously always had great comedy chops but like i think he's so perfect in these types of roles where he can play like the tough serious guy but also when he needs to drop a one-liner he'll just fucking kill it every single time yeah so like everything about that and i think again the family this is one of those examples that we talk about of specifically writing pieces of shits on purpose <laughs> like this it is really perfect. is this is exactly what it is like they need to be an annoying ass family um and it's and it's tongue-in-cheek but it's but it works and i think that the again the probably the only couple of things that maybe doesn't work about this entire film for me is like extra subplots involving the family that i didn't really care about but again i never got bogged down in it it was never like the lead thing it was just getting us from a to b stalling this the plot a little bit in the story to to kind of let david harbour catch up and continue to do funny awesome things and so yeah i didn't like love the story beat for beat in the, in those moments but it, it done the job it got me david harbour doing awesome shit it got the family acting ludicrous and doing stupid things that were funny and by the end of it it was just an overall super fun time like i we watched this about what a week or so ago and i would happily go watch this again this weekend um i think i would still have a great time with it um and i might have to watch this again but before christmas because it's it's that good um like it, yeah it's just awesome i just had such a good time with this it massively over delivered i thought this would be good this is like excellent and especially if you want to put it in that kind of comedy horror bracket let alone the christmas action stuff if you just look at comedy horror 
it's it's as good as it gets for me where it is in that like proper upper echelon of what we've ever discussed for the show and we obviously have our different favorites like pg and anna and the apocalypse and all these different ones but i think in terms of just actually is this hilarious and does the horror deliver is such a massive thumbs up for me on both categories so yeah i absolutely love this film yeah for sure i think it's exactly what you said where it really is in the elite of comedy horror you know when you know we're like right okay the the pinnacle is Shaun of the dead and it's like okay what movies come close to that and it's like this movie you know it 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 like you said it exceeds in every way and i think the biggest thing that it does is the characters that were wrote and the comedy that it's trying to land is so in your face and so um you know not not being subtle and not trying to you know be there and kind of if you don't get it you'll be fine like if if the comedy doesn't land this movie doesn't deliver like if no. you don't find that you know david harbour's character and every every other character kind of you know because every character worked for me you know the the mom the, the the son and daughter their dynamic the dynamic with the mom the husband and wife and the daughter like everything just worked and it was like even when it tried to put heart in it that worked and i think kind of but the comedy in particular i don't think there was a joke that didn't land for me in the entire movie which it is is rare for a comedy let alone rare for like a comedy horror or or anything else within like the you know the split subgenre but but you know if i just judge this outside of us being a horror podcast just as a comedy I'm like, my God, I don't remember the last time a, a movie landed with the laughs as much as this. Then suddenly, as you said, you know, I, I, I did get a little way into the movie and I was like, shit, this is this is funny. And it's uh, non PG because of the humor and, and some of the you know language and everything else. But I'm like, is it going to have the violence or is he just going to hit someone on the head with a glass bottle and they fall down dead, you know? And it was like, oh, no, like like you said, each kill was very memorable and very drawn out, very violent and and, and really delivered in, in a way that I I didn't expect going in. And I expected even less after watching the movie for the first kind of 20 minutes or so um, where I was like, oh, OK, this is going to be David Harbour being really funny. I'm going to enjoy it. But am I going to question whether it's a horror movie? And then suddenly we get like the first couple of kills and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like we're not, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're not quite terrified territory, but we are like in this very drawn out, like torture kill with these people um, that is just so over the top. I think as well, like, you know, in my synopsis, when I kind of said, you know, he was playing Father Christmas and I think that adds like such a really fun, interesting dynamic to it where, you know, this could easily be David Harbour is someone dressed up as Father Christmas and he just is a badass. But the fact that he is this character is just makes it so much more fun, you know, and kind of this kind of, you know, the the bad guys and the good guys kind of when they slowly start to realize who's in there or not even realize, but start to be like, hang on, this guy, like, is he? like nah that's silly and like that was just really fun and just added to it and again i think they did it in a way that that meant that um 
he wasn't you know this this mythical god that that was untouchable he was still he was still a dude that could be hurt and that that added weight to it and added kind of fun to the battles but it but it also kind of added this extra element that was hilarious but also made the movie stronger um there's there's literally there's one tiny little thing that i had as a negative and other than that i found the whole movie uh, you know perfection for what it was trying to achieve really and just the the greatest way to end an incredibly strong year and to have this kind of christmas horror movie that that i can't wait to rewatch. you know year on year like you i'd love it to see it again before christmas but i know for a fact the second there's a nice blu-ray or 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 whatever like i will be picking it up and and it will be sat there with anna and the apocalypse and i've got myself two great christmas horrors since starting the podcast <laughs> Yeah, for me, this is my, I think this is my favorite Christmas film ever, like, across <laughs> any, because I've never, like, I like, I think Christmas films are okay, like, they're, they're very much, like, Christmas music and all these things, they're, like, if you're in the mood, great, otherwise, they don't really serve any purpose, um, and, like, I like Krampus quite a bit, and I kind of have watched that a few times in recent years, but I don't think it is the most rewatchable film, it's a great horror film, um, but it doesn't have, like, huge re- replay factor for me, um, and I do yeah i just hope that this does because the 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 thing is there's so much in here that i think that even thinking back to it now i think i've forgotten so much um because the highs are so high and even thinking back to it now like um just how creative they are in terms of and you mentioned it but i do think that the the element of him being actual legit santa claus is like is just genius and really adds a different dynamic to the entire film um because it leans into the whole christmas magic and and why he even does it and again all of his interactions with everyone like it starts with him just in a pub in england kind of like talking shit like awesome opening one hit yeah and he's just like why am i doing this and 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 you know talking to this like santa impersonator who obviously thinks they're both just guys that do it at the holidays and just the way that all pans out where the actual character of this version of santa i loved so much you know there was so much heart in it and him kind of referencing like is his heart still in it after all these years the the glimpses of the backstory and how utterly preposterous and hilarious they are um (laughs) and that really did feel like pg in moments where you're just it's like you're scratching the surface of how utterly ludicrous this world and character is i I love that they don't even explain it no you know the, the backstory is just another life definitely and he's, like, and he's just like oh yeah and i became father christmas and it's like okay cool how he's like yeah i don't really understand i still don't exactly, understand because it. it's christmas magic and and that's why it works so well is they don't over explain anything and it all serves a purpose like that isn't just a fun throwaway it actually links up perfectly to stuff that happens later on the movie and as to why he's able to overcome certain obstacles that are in his way. And so it's actually more clever than you think it is on the surface because you think it's just there for comedy because of how funny it is. But it actually serves a a plot reason and also a amazing, intricately worked horror scene, entire sequence with, you know, this could have been out of a John Wick movie, how utterly over the top this entire sort of act- this is probably the most actiony the horror gets mm. um where he's basically taken out a shit ton of people like rambo on his own like literally like out of john wick um 
but it works and it's still funny because they use creative ways to kill people and i think pulling it back to like an earlier moment this is like one of the you know this is pretty early on but it kind of just another example of when you make this movie you need to go you need to throw every idea that people would want to see as an audience member and so one of those things is the santa bag and how you could use that in interesting ways and the way they use that to again hilarious comedic effect but also actual use within a fight is Mm. just genius and it just it works and there's so many moments like that littered throughout i think the whole movie with him being santa claus like the santa claus there is an added element to it where he's not just a human but he's also not completely just untouchable and and you know immune to pain but there are these different things you know there's his reindeers there's Mm. the there's the sack there's the going down a chimney there's there's all of these different things that Father Christmas does <laughs> that, yeah. that, that is built into this horror movie. And, and I think that kind of every one of them is executed to perfection. And it, and it is one where, like you said, they've really sat down and they've said, do you know what? Like, um, what, uh, what, what do, what, what will people want the most? You know, what movies do they want us to reference? What things do they, do, would they want us to explore? And and they really have kind of sat down and just got everything in there. And I think kind of that that's fantastic. I think kind of, you know, they, um, you know, the, the whole kind of Christmas, you know, terrorist type movie, obviously this movie has like strong diehard references. Um, you know, there, there's a particular scene that, that is Home Alone inspired, which is the greatest scene of the whole movie and maybe the whole year. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, you know, and they, and just every one of them is done in like the perfect way to homage something, you know, the home alone scene in particular, where it's like, it's, it's completely different. It's completely its own thing, but it's really showing that they have love and care for that movie. And, and if you love that movie as well, then you're going to love this scene even more. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, they, they really just like say nail everything and i think with like the gang of the bad guys i think they all have different moments to shine um and i love the whole they have these like funny christmas themed names that kind of go throughout and um i think all of that stuff works i think the only um character for me because you mentioned kind of pretty much everything landed for you on a on a comedy level i think mm. the only one for me that i thought was kind of meh was like the young teenage like influencer son which you know we've seen that character a lot recently we've seen it done well but this was the most bog standard copy and paste vanilla version of that character ever where oh i'm just pulling up my phone and talking to it now isn't that annoying and it's like yeah it's annoying but we've seen it done a lot so for me he was the only one i think because everyone else a lot of the other characters are you know stereotypical like purposefully and they use them very well and a lot of them i didn't think would work for me like the bitchy sister or like the moody mom you know the grandmother yeah, the mom, i think the mom in particular yeah like i thought a lot of these just wouldn't work for me when we first got introduced to them because like we get the first scene where they're kind of right like meeting each other for christmas before the, like the home invasion takes over and i was pretty worried early on because i was like oh these characters are so over the top they're like purposely annoying i wonder if this will work for me and mm. it just does because they don't they know when to like, i think pacing is so crucial for why this movie works um you know and again but similar with that diehard element of you have 
David kind of going through the house in different scenes. And I definitely think his conversations with the with the little girl is kind of what really holds the movie together as well, because they you do need those moments of genuine heart. Um, like I say, to pull off a successful Christmas movie, because I, I don't think it could just be. There's a home invasion for a bunch of morons and David Harbour is just this ass-kicking guy and he just clears Ooh. house John Wick style and he saves the day. I'm like, it would be fun, I'm sure. I'm sure the kills would be as good. I'm sure Harbour's performance would be as interesting and as fun. But I, I, for a Christmas movie to work, I want there to be a level of heart to it and emotion. And I think David and the little girl pulled this off pretty much on their own just yeah. as these two characters because everyone else is supposed to just be funny um and they are hilarious like definitely john leguizamo is by far the, the most funny out of all of the incendiary characters but i think you needed it for especially the finale to work um so yeah i love this movie i like to say this is definitely a um a, a future staple for christmas and it, it just gets you like in the christmas mood immediately even just thinking yeah. about it now and like i say they nail music obviously it's filled with christmas songs yeah we expect. didn't even talk about that like so so many you know well, like... what I really liked was early on that they kind of incorporate it in the score which again isn't something that's like groundbreaking mm. but it was early on but again in these scenes when they're introducing the family it was just these like warped different versions of christmas classics incorporated into the score and i just like that it just gives it that different feel to most films so yeah i i loved that aspect of it as well um but yeah, yeah well, I, think, this... I think that, like you say the soundtrack though the um they really kind of nailed the christmas songs but also nailed like some of the more modern ones like we got the wombats in there and stuff like mm. that which was like a really nice kind of you know take on yeah of course obviously we want some of the big songs at the big moments but having these other more recent ones in there was great as well um and and moving on from that like i i know you said like the influencer i do get that he didn't really land for me but it was one where i kind of just smirked at it and then there'd be another joke very quickly and then then i was okay with it like he he was he was fine. Um, and, uh, yeah, when I said kind of one thing that didn't land for me, the only thing that really I found weird was the whole father kind of in his his arc throughout the whole story. Yeah. It, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. And it was kind no, of like, doesn't. you know, it, was, it really was, you know, if I'm really going to start nitpicking at it, I'm like, okay, you know, this movie isn't taking itself seriously and it, it is a comedy, but it it does work, you know, throughout most of it but his whole idea of this money and how he's going to get back with his wife and and everything else and and like throughout the whole movie i was like is he going to turn like is he going to be like the the one orchestrating this heist or or what's going on with it and ultimately in the end it just kind of it didn't make sense the way it worked out for him and i was like oh, okay this is this is a bit odd but i just kind of accepted it and like that was my only real thing that didn't fully land as i was like he he wasn't the best, um, but we still got some laughs from him, and and you know the, it, it helped build the the overall part, you know, the rest of the story. So, you know, I, I forgave it, but yeah, it was my main criticism. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Like it, it in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's unnecessary and not needed. But then it it, it got us where we needed to go, because um, otherwise it would have been difficult for them to kind of prolong it. Um, so yeah, it, it, in the moment it's like, oh yeah, in terms of the actual story, when you think about character motivations and that sort of thing, it, it is nonsense, absolute nonsense. 
but this is a comedy it's supposed to be mm. ludicrous it is funny in those moments again um and i think by the finale it doesn't matter which is which is what's key here is that it's not like oh you're still worrying about how stupid the subplot was you just kind of get over it because of how much fun you're having with at that point it just becomes i want santa to save this little girl and i think anything else is kind of irrelevant um and that's what i think is why like that's the heart and soul of the movie and why that kind of connection between the two because it needed to have a kid it's all you know christmas is all about children and especially this version of David Harbour as Santa is kind of questioning his entire being and why he even wants to be Santa anymore. And so he needs that reminder of actually seeing a child and, and why he does what he does. So, yeah, it's 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 absolutely fantastic, really. Um, you, know, you talk about it like that heart that's there where, you know, like a great horror story and a great comedy and a, just a great story has that heart in there and kind of you know him rediscovering you know what what he did it for and everything it really like you said you 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 finish this movie and you've seen a cool movie you've seen a cool horror movie you've seen a cool comedy but you also leave it feeling super christmassy and Mm. like and i think that's the thing where it's like god i didn't think it could deliver on all three of those things no it's really crazy like i say usually it would be oh it would just be funny or it would just have good horror but yeah i think the fact that they do successfully pull off a hilarious extremely violent which again if you want to take away the christmas comedy aspect of it i would put deaths in this movie toe-to-toe with any other horror film we've seen this year um including horror movies where their only goal is to have good horror and good kills and it's like yep this movie did that, and it also did a shit ton of other things, which is why it's so impressive. Um, but yeah, before we get to sort of recommendations, we do have a comment from Cody um, who says, uh, this is the real Christmas movie we always wanted and needed. It really especially, is, Cody. It really is. <laughs> especially with Christmas horror action being too cheesy and sort of silly. Uh, I feel like this was well done and was a great time overall. What was your favorite part of this film? Um I think it's it's really obviously hard to just pick one favorite thing. I think no, I love no. the movie. <laughs> I've got one. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope it's different because my 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 biggest takeaway will just be David Harbour as his character. I think that that's what mm. like the idea was. It was the initial poster, and I think that you it's a it's a it's a playground that we've seen a lot we've seen so many different takes on santa claus at this point that i wondered if he could bring anything new to the table and for me he absolutely did like even in these small moments when he's just delivering presents at the start of the film and he's drinking his whiskey and eating his cookies like it's so hilarious and he nails the character right off the bat so yeah it's it's weird because like we don't necessarily like hopper has funny moments in stranger things but i wouldn't necessarily consider him a comedic character compared to like dustin and uh that other guy who he's kind of friends with like there's many other Mm. characters in the show that are more comedy centric centric yeah so it's funny but but it's not it's not clear clear comedy you know like you say kind of you know with him like the whole scene where he's kind of being the angry dad and like with mike and stuff it's like well yeah that's hilarious but he isn't making the jokes it's his you know it's the it's the whole scenario that's created where where this one you know it really is you know he has got the jokes the punchlines and he's delivering it yeah so that's why it was like I don't know why I had such full confidence that he would be able to do it, but I guess there is signs of it. And obviously we've seen him in like Black Widow where he is very funny and he and he comes across as very funny in interviews as well. So I think maybe that kind of all goes into it. But yeah, that would be my favorite part is just David Harbour's entire role in this movie. Uh, what, what was yeah. your favorite part? It's got to be the Home Alone scene. 
It is incredible, like, isn't it? it? it like, was, we've seen was, these homages before, but I think yeah. this is the single greatest ever where Home Alone gets referenced more than probably any other Christmas movie because when you say those two words, it immediately means booby traps. And, and you know, like we like Wes Craven was doing it before it was even in Home Alone um, <laughs> yeah. in every film. Exactly. And I think the whole scene was just perfection. I don't want to spoil it, but, you know, it's kind of... It just comes out of nowhere. It's kind of half-referenced earlier in the film. And mm. you think, oh, that's funny. That's cute that they've referenced it. Like, that, that's the little homage there. And then then suddenly the scene happens, and it just it's, it's straight off the back of one of the other best scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. And um, it, it, it just it, it starts, and it's fantastic, and it keeps building on it. And, and the whole scene just gets better and better and better. And... Yeah, like I say, I don't want to spoil it. If you've seen the movie, you'll be nodding and grinning along with me. And if you haven't seen the movie, like, you know, you'll know the second it starts. And yeah. it's it's just, it, yeah, it's perfection. And, and yeah, it's my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, but, but yeah, that's still difficult because the movie is fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, as far as recommendations go, um, my only recommendation would be that you, if you're listening to this podcast, you absolutely have to see this film this Christmas period. Um, if at a certain point you don't see this movie in the month of December, what what are you doing? Like, listen to yeah. my words. This yeah. You need to see this film in December. It's, you can see it in IMAX. Why not? <laughs> yeah, like we did. Um, but yeah, just it's the perfect time for this movie. It genuinely is. And, it, and it's such a good film that it will. I hope it will fill people with as much joy as it gave me. I really do. Yeah, same, man. Like, I think it, it was great on the big screen. Um, it's going to be great to watch for years to come at home. It's just a really great, fun Christmas horror movie. And like Cody said, it's been the movie we've been waiting for for so long. We've had so many kind of horror ones. And although I love Anna and the Apocalypse, like it's, it's a very niche thing that just landed with me to a level that like I know is kind of a me thing. And even though I'm always going to try to champion it and I do love it, um, I, I get that like it just landed with me. This one is going to land with the masses. I feel, you know, I think the casuals are going to love it. I think the, the hardcore should love it and and people that love you know outside of horror and just everything i think it it really will land and I, and i i really hope it will get legs and kind of become a classic yeah for sure but yeah. i mean that is it that is the last regular Crazy. film in the bag um i don't think we've ever had a stronger movie to end on in a year no. Um, we've had a couple of good ones actually because I think we had I think was it Resident Evil um, yeah last that was year. quite late wasn't it yeah like we've had it a couple of times because we typically do sort of one at the start of December and then, quite, and then do a sort of different we, thing we have one that we don't quite fit in December and then we see it first week of Jan and yeah. it's a banger <laughs> Yeah, because like there is a couple of on-demand stuff that I wish we would have found time for, but yeah, there'll there'll always be different weeks um, to fill. Um, but yeah, I feel like we've we've kind of done it. We've we've hit all the big movies of this year, um, and yeah, a lot of them have landed this year. Not all of them, but but I would say most of them, which is always good. Um, so yeah, that'll be that'll be coming in a couple of weeks. Uh, but that was our discussion of Violent Night. We will take a quick break, and we will be right back.
so yeah sort of uh, just to finish us off quickly um i will i will keep this one very brief um because i'm sure i'm i'm certain that we will be talking about this film very very soon um but yeah, i did finally do my rewatch of the northman um nice this obviously after watching at the cinema this was the first the, time the watching Northman it will come up in the next couple of it weeks will. <laughs> i think i have i have faith that it will um yeah. but yeah watching it at home on 4k for the first time and yeah. i mean the one thing i just wanted to add kind of on a technical level like every other filmmaker should be embarrassed um and and should be jealous of what robert is capable of doing because I, I really think he is unrivaled in the technical category. I Like, he's that one where I'm like, I just don't know why he doesn't win every award there is. Because I don't know how you could levy any sort of criticism in terms of a director, in terms of well-building, in terms of authenticity. Um, I think the, the extras on the 4K, which are all in 4K, which is unbelievable, um, are all very good and do such a good job of kind of getting across story and, and world building and, and, and actually getting across a for probably the first time ever what it was like in that time period for the vikings um and it and it's just mind-blowing to me that he was able to do that in such an entertaining movie um and even for someone who doesn't really care about that sort of stuff traditionally like he made me care because of how well crafted he makes his films um and yeah I, i know that there is a commentary on it which i'm extremely excited to listen to um because just hearing this guy talk about film ever is a joy let alone you know over his two-hour masterpiece um but yeah it was it was a great movie to watch again um and yeah we will be definitely talking about this very very soon we will indeed um, but yeah i did watch uh, another film actually um which was i'll just keep this one quick because it's sort of like a thriller type movie but we we saw the trailer for this one um recently um called the infernal machine um which is kind of like new thriller that just came out and it kind of grabbed our attention straight away didn't it of like the the trailer um which yeah it, it kind of already came out in america so it's available in digital services um and basically the, the basic super early premise is this author wrote this one successful book called the infernal machine um was a bit bestseller but then there was a mass shooting where the the person who did the mass shooting after they captured him he said that he the book told him to do it and so due to the controversy of that moment due to the kind of overwhelming guilt and remorse for it the author never wrote another book and basically went and became a recluse and you know off the grid and so we kind of catch up with him 25 years later where he's now being contacted by a supposed super fan who wants kind of advice on writing their own book because they were such a big fan of his book and and that's the setup and kind of it's it's exactly what i wanted it to be it's a slow burn thriller it's a lot of just scenes of talking and slowly uncovering what's going on in this world with very minimal characters but i thought it was super well done it was just the the second i saw the trailer i was like i have a feeling this will vibe with me um because i like these sorts of things of uncovering more about the book and uncovering more about the person who did it and who's sending the letters and it's it's almost like a david fincher style thriller really um is kind of what it reminded me of where it's not this super like action-packed movie um but i was sort of on the edge of my seat pretty much the whole time um 
really really liked it i would say by the end of it it's like not every moment and twist lands because it's a fairly long movie and they do they do feel very strongly about just constantly flipping the script on you and so (laughs) i can't i want to say it was about two hours um but it it didn't to me it didn't feel long watching it i was really enjoying it it was just by the end of it i was very much aware that where we started and where we ended was two very different places um and because of their want to keep you on your toes a lot of the reveals are really great and really awesome but there's just a couple where you're like okay you're 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 really starting to stretch this a bit thin having said that when the credits rolled i was like yep the sum of its all parts that was great and it was exactly Hmm. what i wanted from a slow burn thriller so yeah i would definitely recommend it if you're into the sort of especially like the, the the sort of classic like tortured author as your main character protagonist you know like this alan wake style a lot of stephen king novels it's just got all these inspirations of things mm. that i like anyway and i think and, and like a great the lead was good yeah, yeah like, it's great really idea cool. and, and it was a really good trailer as well um, yeah it's, the trailer's funny because they obviously try and they're trying to sell it to the masses they try mm. and make it seem like it's this big loud action-packed movie when it when it isn't <laughs> um but there was still enough in there that i i thought i'd kind of figured out what the actual movie would be like based upon the trailer and it, and it, and it delivered what i wanted anyway which yeah it's it is slow like i will say that but i think it's a good type of slow like a lot of movies you know so yeah very much enjoyed that one again not not a horror movie at all definitely a thriller um but yeah i liked it uh, quite a bit um nice nice but uh yeah that's pretty much it for the last one Ooh. the last regular one anyway crazy um, eh? yeah so yeah like we said next week we will reconvene to discuss um what our boy crazy What's old uh, Freddy Krueger been up to since we last left him? Um, I haven't a lot. seen this one for a bit. Like, <laughs> uh, I haven't seen this for a while. Like, uh... What about the other sequels? <laughs> what about the, the rest of the sequels? Yeah, nor, nor those for, for a while. But, but even then, like, you know, I tend... The problem is, it's one of these things where you do run out of steam watching Freddy's Dead. Like, mm. Freddy's Dead is a real exclamation point. And and it really does, you know, you can see why he comes back to the franchise because it, it desperately needed it. And and a new nightmare is such a unique, different entry in the franchise. And and yeah, it it, it doesn't nearly get the love it deserves, I think. And I'm really looking forward to giving this rewatch kinda you know, I probably haven't watched it since we did the podcast, like I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um so yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, I I, I think I've seen it properly, but I can't remember seeing it properly it's it's been that long if i ever saw it properly other than just bits so i'm i'm super excited obviously having watched all the sequels now it's great for me to get the kind of context of where freddie was at which i think is important because to go just from the first movie to this would be disingenuous to the the good sequels but then also just the fact that he had they dragged this on for so long um and yeah the franchise needed something especially after the last movie um so yeah excited to talk about that in depth next week um and then the best of will be cool like obviously it's our what sixth time doing a best of now we've had multiple different exciting winners multiple of those winners in fact have had movies released this year um so yeah very very exciting to see sort of what what popular names will be brought up again and and will we because you know tv shows for example big return in tv shows this year so uh yeah very excited to give out our awards some of these awards as well have actually uh 
had some new life for the first time, such as Best I, Villain, which is uh, villain. typically sequel, we just <laughs> typically with Best Villain, we're like, why do we even have this? Whereas <laughs> um, there's a lot of good villains this year. It's been a villainous it, 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 year. It's very funny. Obviously, we'll talk about the year end in a couple of weeks, but it is funny that like you know, what did you say? This our six one, like yeah. And the best villain category was one that we was like, oh, that's a no brainer. Like as as a horror movie podcast, horror movies are you know, especially mm. the horror movies we love are about the villains. We love the villains. Like this is going to be a great category to have, and it's been so weak for so many years. And and yeah, this is the strongest. Like across the board, it's the strongest we've had in all categories. Like we are we are culling the list already. We're trying to get it down to the the set numbers we have, and and it's one of the most difficult challenges we've had for the for the show for sure yeah looking forward to it it's actually our seventh time doing a best of show so yeah we should be well prepared at this point um but yeah so that's always a blast and then obviously we'll take a quick break over the the, the holidays and then we'll be back in jan because the last of us megan all sorts of good shit to talk about um but yeah the horror the oh, yeah. horror genre is keeping us very busy which is very very nice after some long 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 slow periods in the past but they feel like a very distant past at this point which is very much that uh, i'm thankful of anyway it does um, it does you know year end and i don't feel like it's a grind to get there it's it's been it's been a great time getting there for sure yeah it's been great uh but yeah that was episode 327 thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone I never could, how? No.